Bible studies show. Whoa, what up is Ruth? And she fell on her face. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so she and Ruth are kicking it in Bethlehem to come unto a people. Oh, my which God. Without the Lord. So she's like, don't text him. Wash thyself, therefore. And anoint thee. I'm surprised. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Bumps don't work because the vandals took the handles. Bing a ling a ding dang dong. Oh, get your own gateway. I got to see you there to see a president. Looking at a president. Look, you could have fooled me. Sounded just like Bob Dylan. Those are the words, so. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the words. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where we tell Bible stories. I'm Lily. I'm still Angela. And neither of us are religious experts, but we aren't here to tell you a moral. We're here to tell you a story. At Bibleish, we are serving up equal parts epic tale, summary, and drunk literary analysis. We are not here to preach, so get ready to hear these stories in a brand new way. And also, we do not uh, do these stories in order. However, if you'd like to access a complete list of our episodes, you can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Our patrons are the amazing, wonderful people who help keep the show going, and we really, really appreciate everyone who supports us and is in the Bible-ish fam. And this week is the Book, the book of, of Ezra. Ezra. That guy. But speaking, speaking of patrons, we have a patron who's been twice as awesome lately. Thank you so much to Maggie, um, who has been actually also a really longtime supporter of Bibleish in general. Uh, we love her and are very grateful. So um, thank you so much for your support and for sticking with us and, and yeah, increasing your increasing your pledge for every month. We are so grateful. We're Truly. super grateful. Yeah. It's, I know the past few years has been hard for everyone. And I mean, it's, it's, we just really appreciate every, every single supporter, whether it's a dollar or $50. I mean, it really does like make a difference. Or a share or a listen. Yeah. 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 That too. Definitely. People like another thing we love reviews. So if you have not left us a review yet on your favorite platform of choice, we, we love seeing those as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, our patrons really do make this show possible. And so thank you, Maggie, so much. And thank you to all. Thank you, Maggie. All right. So let's crack our cans and begin. Crack our cans. (laughs) Got it. Oh, I thought you meant like like boobies. (laughs) Ready? Oh, I sprayed myself in the fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Angela. Cheers, <laughs> Lily. So before we begin, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we begin, <laughs> before we begin, Lily just has to perform an exorcism on herself. I mean, I'm gonna drink it, but why? I don't waste drink, Angela. What is what? what, 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 what? 
pineapple lemonade kombucha. Um, not mm. my favorite of their blends, as it would turn out. I bought a whole pack, so it is now oh, my no. favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you I'm do. Done. You do have to power through then. <laughs> Love it so much. <laughs> it's getting better the more I drink it. Okay. Um, I have a question for you, Angela. Oh my god, I don't know if I'm ready. Not that you're this sort of person. Mm-hmm. Not that either of us are this sort of person. But if you could conquer any area of the world, oh, what would it be? If I could conquer any area of the world. This is so complicated, Lily. So many reasons that I'd want to do that. Like, I just want access or do is it for power? Right. What's your choice? Hmm. It could be purely aesthetic. I know. That's where my brain went first. And then I was like, oh, but what about world peace? No, that's not the point of the question. Okay, great. Um, I think Greece. I don't know. It seems Plastic. really like, pretty. You know what I mean? I kind of like, like their just vibe. Greece? I'm talking like you're building an empire. Oh, I don't know if I even know how to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that whole zone, the, the whole Mediterranean, the whole yeah, that whole it. jam water. I mean, it's a pretty good choice, honestly. It's a great choice. They kind of like they made it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's the jam. I love that Ugh, for you. My life's gonna be so good there. It will be. Yeah. What about you? Totally You've played a lot of that game where you conquer places. (laughs) I have. But I think that I would conquer the entire Arctic Circle. Like, I would just own the whole Arctic Circle. And that's a lot of different places. I got some some of Scandinavia, some of Alaska, almost all of Greenland, um, some Russia... Um, a lot of different cultures, Damn. a lot of different places. I would call myself the Queen of the North, Snow Queen of the North. Yeah. I would wear a really poofy white furry robe Lily. and an icicle crown. And you know what? You know what? I could punish other countries for global warming for taking some of my territory. <gasps> Smart. Yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. You'd be like, you dummies are eroding my land, a.k.a. Yeah. ice. You owe me. Also, yeah, you know what I love about the conquering idea? Conquering my conquered land. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> um, also, though, I think an ice crown is such a cool idea. Because imagine it's like, you know how like you used to make really cool stuff out of resin? You could do that yeah. with like ice. You could like freeze flowers and stuff in there. And then like oh your crown gosh, could be like ever changing. Awesome. Yes, for like the different seasons yeah. of Arctic. <laughs> anyway, the book of Ezra. Yeah, what's 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 his gem? Let's begin. Oh, we are going to take a bit of a break from Alicia in Kings oh. 2, right? 
to he tell is you up a lot of space. He really is a very long-winded story. <laughs> We're going to tell you a different story that's a bit further down the timeline. So here's a breakdown of the Old Testament timeline for you, beginning with the OG kings who ruled over the United States of Judah and Israel. For anyone who does not know or is just tuning in, the OG kings are Saul, David, and... The guy! Angela, come on! (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is this all for? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) The son of David... His mom tricked him into making him the heir. He's the wizard king. Solomon. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I literally just, like, closed my eyes so hard that my, like, they got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, Saul was a little nuts. David was... (laughs) David was God's beautiful favorite. Yeah. And Solomon, the wise, uh, got a little wife thirsty and accidentally kind of worshipped a grasshopper. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) This is all in the Bible, just as a reminder. (laughs) So God was like, that's it. Kings are canceled. And that begins a years long period of division. It's a mess. There's. Just rapid fire kings of Judah and Israel during this period. Sometimes someone is only king for like three days uh, before someone else kills them and takes the throne. Judah and Israel are not united anymore, as I said, and absolutely everyone is misbehaving, making God increasingly angry. So he kind of washes his hands of them, and because they are so sinful. I say that in verbal quotations because there's obviously more to it than that. The Jewish people are conquered by Babylon. This begins a period known as the 70 years of exile. They basically have to do Egypt all over again, which probably made Moses beat his head against whatever cloud he's on. (laughs) So no one is happy because not only did they lose the promised land, they became slaves again and their cities were destroyed. Along comes this guy named Cyrus. He is a Persian king and super clever. He reroutes a river in order to make an invasion of Babylon that much easier. After he successfully conquers Babylon, he notices all these Jews standing around like, now what? Do we belong to you or something? He says, no, he's pretty much, he pretty much just wanted Babylon. So the Jews ask if they can return to take back their promised land. And he's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, like sure thing, though. (laughs) for real for real (laughs) that's where we are with this story i'm going to tell you from the book of ezra 
This era is also known as the Second Temple Period for reasons I will explain later. I'm excited. I feel like I've heard this phrase Mm -hmm. in like random religious readings and or like references. Yes, and you'll see why. I mean, you can guess why, but... I bet there's another temple! (laughs) It's very... (gasps) It's very post-Egypt vibes right now. But this time, there's no Moses, no king, and no prophet to unite and lead them. That, and God is still very detached and pissed off. Because as we know all too well on this podcast... No one holds a grudge quite like God, and he has no problem at all punishing generations of people for the transgressions of one. Uh -uh. So that's the timeline in a nutshell to give you an idea of what's going on right now. Wow, that's very helpful. You're so welcome. That's very grounding, Lily. (laughs) Now, the story of Ezra begins a bit differently from what I just told you. It begins with God softening Cyrus's heart Hmm. so that he is moved to free the Jews through some sort of divine inspiration. He makes a decree stating that anyone who has a Jewish person in their possession should not only stop having them, but also give them silver, gold, goods, and livestock. We see this happen in Egypt too, but that time it was out of sheer terror because the Egyptians had all just went through 10 rounds of flags. Yeah. So there's actually an inventory list that I can read to you for what What? they were given. Oh my God. One, nine. This was the inventory. Gold dishes, 30. Silver dishes, 1,000. Silver pans, 29. Gold bowls, 30. Matching silver bowls, 410. Other articles, 1,000. I'm sorry. There's a 1,000 silver plates? Yes, silver dishes, 1,000. The fuck? How are you supposed to carry that? (laughs) they managed because there were a lot of people in this company as well there's also a list of that oh okay the whole company numbered 42,360 oh besides their 7,337 men servants and maid servants they also had 200 men and women singers they had 736 horses 245 mules 435 camels and 6720 donkey goats <laughs> which ones lily commit donkeys okay. donkeys <laughs> for anyone who's new to the show lily has a <laughs> historical problem remembering whether it's donkeys or goats in any given story so we've just combined them into one animal because why not Uh. (laughs) many of these people returned to jerusalem and the surrounding towns and in order to start patching things up with god who is finally paying attention to them again they took a lot of that treasure straight to the altar 
at the site of the old temple in Jerusalem. Oh. Where the altar had stood, rather. The temple had been raided and leveled by Nebuchadnezzar. So much of what was given to them by King Cyrus had come from the first temple anyway and was now being returned. Ah. After everyone had settled in a bit, they all returned to Jerusalem, quote unquote, as one man. The first order of business was to rebuild the altar. People were a little nervous for some reason to build it on the site of the old altar, but they did. They did it. And it seemed to work fine because they proceeded to sacrifice like a shit ton of livestock. (laughs) After that, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles and made a point of doing everything quite literally by the book to show how good they can follow the directions. <laughs> oh no. I mean, look, they they kind of they needed to do that. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. Reputation. Moses is up there being like, remember. Remember, remember how you all were? <laughs> oh now you can read. <laughs> oh now you can listen. Jesus, it only took you like two hundred years. <laughs> Poor Moses. They are doing all this surrounded by the ruins of the temple. So rebuilding is next on the list of things they need to do. Luckily, they were given a bunch of money. So they are able to pay masons and carpenters to start on the repairs. Just one little problem, though. They are in a desert. So they have to make a trade with Lebanon in order to get wood. Yes. (laughs) I've ranted about Lebanon's importance and beauty before. First of all, a cedar tree is on their flag, so they got them. Yeah. And secondly, it is considered a romantic and rich place. We know this because it is mentioned in the Song of Songs more than once. Mm -hmm. Sidebar on King Cyrus real quick, because he's definitely downplayed in this book, Go Figure. He's not a king. I'll start off with that. He is an emperor with the title The Great Tacton. Oh. Emperor Cyrus the Great to you, actually. <laughs> so MD he is- Esquire <laughs> Incorporated. He's kind of sort of the founder of the Persian Empire. So he's actually a really big fucking deal because Mm. the Persian Empire is the first superpower in human history. And it doesn't fall until Alexander the Great. Also the Great. He's from the same family of greats. And he's not just a Persian king. He's their ruler. The Israelites are a part of this empire he has conquered, too. By saying God softened his heart, the Bible is completely glossing over the fact that freeing the Jewish people and letting them return is politically and economically in his best interest. Mm -hmm. He's automatically gained their loyalty in that decision, and they are indebted to him for it. Also, they are going to go revive a section of his territory to make it profitable again. So, yeah, it's not so much God inspiring him as the book lets on. And he's not some random king. Just had to put some political and historical perspective into that. 
Wow. Also, there was something that earlier made me think of this too. I won't go into that tangent, but like for some reason I'm getting a vivid reminder of the like humans wrote the Bible. Thus everything should be seen through that lens of like explaining it away as like, and then God softened his heart. Like, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's a one-sided story Yeah, written by a certain group of people. And one of the best, most glaring examples of that was probably the story of Jericho, where if you look back in actual history, they didn't topple Jericho. They showed up to a toppled Jericho and they were like, yeah, oh, high five. <laughs> <laughs> we did that. Oh. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. They need wood to rebuild the temple and Lebanon's got it. They don't have a whole lot to trade, so they ask for the support of Cyrus, who's like, Lebanon, take their trade and give them wood. They sure as shit aren't going to say no to Cyrus, the great emperor of Persia. Guess why? That's right. They're a part of his empire now, too. (laughs) The masons and carpenters all get to work, and soon the foundation of the temple has been built. They do a big musical number to celebrate, as prescribed by King David, that involved trumpets and tambourines and singing, and then at the end of the song, they let out a big Jericho-sized shout. The young shouted for joy in their excitement, but the old who remember or know of the old temple wept and cried aloud. Hmm. So it was a lot of different sounds going on at once. Ah! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Old enemies of Judah start to become aware of the fact that the Israelites have returned and that they're rebuilding their temple. Instead of trying to discourage this, they offer their assistance, saying they've been worshiping God and sacrificing to him ever since they had been exiled. But instead of accepting their help, they decide to be dicks about it and tell them that they'll build it themselves. It's a special Israelite-only project and the Emperor of Persia, and they don't want their help except for the Emperor of Persia. <laughs> except for Dad. Our new dad. (laughs) (laughs) This pisses them off and they spend years trying to frustrate their plans through subversive sabotage, manipulation, and general mischief. Was that their plan all along and the Jews simply didn't trust them? Maybe. No. Yeah. We'll never know. Time jump. (laughs) Pew, pew. Into the future. New king of Persia. We are now in the period of Xerxes and... (gasps) God, I'm going to... Xerxes! Artaxerxes. Oh. Xerxes and Artaxerxes. You've met Xerxes before in the story of Esther. That was her husband, if you may recall. Whoa! Yeah. Her story is from this time period as well. Artaxerxes is the third son of Xerxes. Why is his third son king and not the first? Lots of family drama and kinslaying is the short answer. 
Cyrus is not the ruler anymore, which is unfortunate for the Jewish people because they had an in with him. Mm-hmm. Now they are just some far-flung people who live in an area known to the Persian Empire as Trans-Euphrates, who worship this god they are very serious about. Mm. Remember those old enemies, the Israelites and the people of Judah that I mentioned before? Uh-huh. Well, they're still mad. So they write a letter to Artaxerxes that reads a little something like this. Hello. We were writing. <laughs> Hello. We were writing to inform you that the Jews are trying to rebuild Jerusalem. Just to let you know, that city totally sucks. Historically. <laughs> It was super rebellious and caused a lot of problems. But more to the point, they won't pay your taxes anymore if they get their operation up and running again. P.S. This may sound like a personal vendetta, but it's totally not. It's totes neutral. (laughs) You can check your own receipts and archives if you wish. Damn. I do need to stop for a second to put a B in your bonnets. Oh. Angela and I have discussed this before, but I'm just going to give a little reminder. Right now, the Jews are keeping their heads down and uh, very much minding their own business because they have to. That is not the case historically, though. Just a reminder, the promised land slash land of Canaan slash now trans-Euphrates was not unsettled land. It was settled by other people and conquered and contested by the Israelites. They were in constant pursuit of expansion while defending what they'd already claimed and went to war with many different groups of people throughout the years. They were also attacked by many different groups of people, some of whom hadn't originally settled there. And they were also being interrupted by superpowers like Egypt and Babylon and Persia. So this generation might be peaceful right now because they're trying to rebuild what they had previously had and expanded on. But previous generations do have blood of men, women, children, queens, and kings on their hands. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say. Because <laughs> it happened <laughs> in yes. the same book, actually. Needless to say, Artaxerxes did check the archives and found the city of Jerusalem to be a threat to him. So he wrote back telling them to put a stop to the build until he says otherwise. Work on the temple was halted for years, but time goes on and new kings sit on old thrones. Enter King Darius of Persia. During the second year of his reign, work on the temple starts back up again, and the government officials are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You were supposed to wait until you had permission, but the guy who said that was dead. So the Jews just kind of shrugged and kept kept on working. Yeah. The officials write to King Darius, and the letter reads, cordial greetings. It, it does start that way. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sounds less cordial (laughs) than saying cordial greetings. Just saying. Just writing to let you know that a huge temple is being built fairly rapidly without your permission. We included the response from the elders when we asked them about this. Please download the attached document if you wish to view it. (laughs) 
virus scan could not be completed because the size of the download is too large. Would you like to proceed anyway? (laughs) The elders were actually really smart about their response. They said that this was not a build. It was a rebuild of a structure erected by a great king of their past. Then they used this as a segue to talk about Cyrus, one of Persia's great kings. He not only gave them permission to return and rebuild the temple, but he handed over all of the items that had been stolen by Babylon so they may be replaced. If you don't believe us, they write, you can check your receipt <laughs> slash archive. Everyone, everyone is just like pointing back to it and be like, look, look, at, yes. look in the library, okay? And what was smart about this comparison to Cyrus was the timing. No son wants to be compared to his father if his father has a title like the great tacked onto it. They're not going to live up to someone like that. And they oftentimes try to differentiate themselves in some way because following in their footsteps is fairly unattainable, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like because it's like a a direct comparison is harder to match than like (laughs) pivoting. So because we are now a few generations removed, the mention of Cyrus hits a bit differently. Darius does check the archives and finds that Cyrus not only allowed this, but helped to fund it as well. So he writes back saying that not only are they allowed to build the foundation they laid, but the whole project from this point on will be funded by the royal treasury which is to give them anything they need so the work may continue uninterrupted. And if anyone tries to interrupt them, a beam is to be taken from the work site, and the person who did so will be impaled upon it while their house is turned to rubble. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that might be a little overkill. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, my great-great-grandfather was, like, pretty legit. Um, What about guys on poles? How about that? (laughs) What if we add that to the mix? In only a few years, maybe six, the temple was rebuilt. And God's Barbecue was open for business. Back up and running. 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and 12 male goats, Yo! one for each tribe of Israel, were cooked up for the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and there was much rejoicing. Later, they celebrated Passover according to the laws of Moses, and Jerusalem started to feel like their Jerusalem again. Finally, after all that, the guy who this book is named after decides to show up (laughs) (laughs) i just i just i just don't understand how they even had that many animals i'm just saying (laughs) did that many animals even exist like that would be rude but like (laughs) that's incredible yeah Ezra was well-versed in the laws of Moses and traveled from Babylon to Jerusalem to join those who had come up from exile. He brought with him a number of other people, um, a letter from the king, and an abrupt first-person narrative switch. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) The letter from the king that Ezra had 
said that he could have whatever he needs to rebuild the temple, up to a hundred talons of silver, a hundred cords of wheat, a hundred baths of wine, a hundred baths of oil, and an endless supply of salt. Wow. So this is where we'll continue our story next week because of the narrative switch. That and I've already thrown a lot at you. This is a huge project they're embarking on rebuilding Jerusalem and it spans two whole books. So they have a lot of work to do. And so do we. That's why we're going to go ahead and end things here until next episode. That will be in first person, maybe, <laughs> to honor the way the book decided to be written halfway through. Wow. That's pretty cool, Lily, even. So that was a big, huge setup for what's to come. <laughs> yeah, but also a lot of, like you said, like a lot of history, a lot of extra context that makes it even more interesting and let me just tell you how great it feels to not be talking about alicia i needed a break which i I'm was sure like you all right felt. where were we and then i was like never mind <laughs> new topic <laughs> this is why we didn't commit to doing this book in order because sometimes it's gonna drag you through essentially moby dick Yes. <laughs> yes. Really, though. Oh, my God. I really loved this, Lily. I'm so glad. I think it's really fascinating. And I also really kind of like that we're in this space of, like, seeing the different generations. And it's kind of interesting also to be... Well, obviously, like, Egypt sucked. And so... uh that was different. But in this case, like the fact that, you know, it's not like these rulers being against the Jews, uh, Mm -hmm. but just getting that like slightly removed perspective is interesting. Um, Or seeing them like interact with like another big entity, uh, but not one that is. They definitely downplayed. Cause I was like, (laughs) wait a second. Cyrus, and then when I was doing research into that, I was like, okay, well, that's actually Emperor Cyrus the Great to you. So (laughs) let's just do a little sidebar here. Yeah, the scribe was just being real cash. He's like, and then Cyrus, that's really funny. But also really cool. He was a king, and it was like, okay, well, he was your king, first of all. He was kind of sort of everyone's king yeah. <laughs> in like the whole region and beyond. Yeah. The Persian Empire, if you, I encourage all of you to look it up. It is intimidatingly large. It is insanely large. Yeah. Like, thank God for the Jews that they were in servitude during the time because they would have been possibly destroyed. Um in an attempt to claim their land, which yeah. they got to reclaim leaving servitude. Yeah. That sounds so insensitive to say, like, oh, that was lucky for them, but like, m- it may have been lucky for them. Yeah. Just because of the size of it. Yeah. They would have been absolutely trampled. Yeah. Also, like, you know, they didn't have the internet. So what's also crazy to think is like, you're a person living in a place you understand. I'm sure that you have this like ruler 
that is like very, very powerful and whatnot. But also most likely in your lifetime, unless you really become like a traveler or something, you you may never be in a place that's not ruled by that person. Like as far as you know, that's the world. Like yeah. that's how what I imagine living in a space under the Persian Empire would be like. Because like when are you gonna be going outside of those bounds if it's that big? Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Cyrus, ruler of the world. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dang. Well, thank you so much, Gilly. That was such a great story. I'm glad you liked it. Ugh, I liked it so and much. And we'll learn more about the second temple period. Ghost Wines called Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why it is called the second temple period. Because it was the rebuilding of the temple. They didn't build another temple. They b- rebuilt the temple. Got it. So they- Because they had all those like instructions from yeah. before. It's in the Bible in yeah. at length, in detail. We went through like. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were like, uh, what the hell is an ephah? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And all the baths and everything, if yeah. you remember. Yeah. All the sh- the golden shields. Yeah, that was pretty wild. So there's not a story. I literally just told you. <laughs> <laughs> there's like no stories in the Bible, right? <laughs> it's just all instructions. Never mind. I'm backtracking. I'm, ba- I'm, I'm walking that question back. We're at the second temple. That's what matters. (laughs) That's what matters. It's back up and running. (laughs) God's barbecue. God's barbecue. I love that. Well, thank you again, Lily. And um, I'm so happy to be back. New season. Woo! Yes! Season like nine of (laughs) Bible-ish. We're crazy. It's like kind of crazy. If you enjoyed this episode, if you've been listening to the podcast, if you're new, if you're old, old, no matter what, if you enjoy the show, I would love to invite you to join our Patreon, which is where incredible people like Maggie, who we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, support us every month for as little as a dollar a month. And it, legit helps keep the show going and also you in turn get some really fun prizes when you sign up um and perks ongoing along the way like the aforementioned spreadsheet where you could access literally every episode of bibleish ever since the beginning of time that is no longer available um on any other platforms so we really appreciate it and we would love to see you there if you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash Bibleish podcast. That's patreon.com slash Bibleish podcast and join us. And remember, we are not here to mock or glorify the Bible. We are just two modern day ladies trying to wrap our heads around an ancient text. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.